Well, hello. Happy ah. New Year's. I know. Dude. 2020. Oh, go ahead. I, was, I cannot fucking believe it's New Year's. I know. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, 2020 both simultaneously drug on forever and sped by so quickly. I never at one point during this past year thought that it was moving slow. Not once. Really? Not not even whenever I was unemployed for six weeks. Hmm. At no point was I like, wow, this year is dragging. There have been things throughout my year that I've wanted to like speed up because I'm impatient. But yeah, um, I never at any point thought that the year was going slow. Not for me anyway. For me, there were certain points that just kind of like back whenever school was still in session, um, we would be coming up on um, getting ready to go on break. And I felt like the weeks before break just kind of drug. Because, you know, I don't know. Maybe since I had so much going on. Like, I started my new job in the middle of November. Right. Kylie has had so many fucking appointments and shit since September. And, like, it's like every time I turned around, I'm like, oh, my God, is it seriously time for therapy again? Oh, my God, is it seriously time for therapy again? (laughs) Right, right. And then there was holidays pop up and all that was crazy because Corona. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking whenever I started my new job, because they told us that this is the busiest time of the year. They do half of their sales over the holiday um, between Thanksgiving and like New Year's. And that's when we will be the busiest. And I remember thinking, okay, like five to six weeks of it being busy and then it'll go back to a normal volume, you know? Right. And I was like, you can do this. Oh my God, this is going to take forever. And like now I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking the first of January of 2020 fucking one. Like, and I feel like it. I feel like it took five days to get here. <laughs> like literally, Thanksgiving seemed like it was two days ago, and then it was Christmas, and then like it's fucking New Year's already. It's my birth month. I was dancing with you. I was I was jamming too. Um, you did a little like chicken wing thing where like you like put your arms out and then like you shake your fist. Maybe. Maybe. What the fuck even is that dance called? You guys know what I'm talking about. You know the one. You stick out your arms like a wing and then you like shake your fists in and out. Kind of like a modified cabbage patch. I don't know. Yeah. Like you got the arm movement going on, but you do it up and you do, do, do. Yeah. Like strippers do it. Like male strippers do it. It's the male yeah. stripper dance. Yeah. Like modified you know everything this is why you're my best friend because like when I have questions like this that I would never be able to think of an answer for and you're like bitch it's this <laughs> and I'm like Bet. by the I way mean, I have a message to relate to you from my boyfriend he told me that um seeing you take that uh bourbon or was it bourbon you was Jack Daniels right straight out of whiskey. the freezer whiskey whiskey he said whiskey i i couldn't remember what he said it was whiskey um he did say whiskey <laughs> i don't drink guys don't judge me uh whenever you took the jack daniels out of the freezer and then just drank it <laughs> without a chaser or nothing he's like yeah that did it for me that shit was fucking awesome tell her i said and i'm like i'm not usps you tell her 
<laughs> well, fun like fun fact, I actually did have a chaser. Um so we're just fucking jumping right into this. And like I don't I don't want to derail the conversation, but if y'all guys haven't figured it out yet, this is things you're too afraid to ask your mom. I'm Alicia, that's Sherry. Yeah. So got that out of the way. Um <laughs> subtle. What uh, a fantastic yeah. introduction. Yeah. So I did have a chaser actually. Um and I brought it up, but like I did, I knew I had to, I knew I was on camera. So I had to savor it and like not make a face whenever I was taking the shot. And I had to let it sit there in my mouth. And then I had to speak words before I could take my chaser. But so at that point, like, is it even a chaser or is it just a rinse? Well, if you ask a person who doesn't drink alcohol at all, it sounds like a rinse. I just, I don't know. So, and that was not the first time that I had done that recording. That was my sixth take yeah he was very impressed and he didn't even notice he had a chaser if he did so like or rinse if you did so 10 out of 10 would watch again so yeah fucking 2020 man we asked you guys earlier today like three hours ago because better late than never right what do you guys want us to talk about on our podcast today and we got a whopping zero responses so like this is great um, Alan did give me an idea of what to talk about and wasn't sure about it. So we'll float that idea out there probably after we record this one so we can find a way to approach it. I like his idea, but I think that's something that takes some brainstorming for us to talk about. I don't think that's something that we can just talk about on the fly, if you know what I mean. I so we'll- no, no, I, I don't want to talk about drug use. And I was like, what? He's like, you know, he's like, because he, he takes our, our, uh, podcast name very literal he's a very literal guy and i love him for it and like i get why but he was like the only thing i was afraid to talk to my mom about was alcohol and drug use it was talking about peer pressure peer pressure and things like that and he's like that's the only thing i could think of that i was ever afraid to ask my mom about yeah no dude that's an excellent idea and i think we should approach it like you and i have some of our best conversations on the fly the whole point of this fucking podcast wasn't for it to be scripted it was for them to get the unedited unapologetic version of us and the shit we brainstorm so i love the idea this is like whenever i come to you like after i've been surfing the internet and like i see a topic and i'm like i wonder what the fuck sherry thinks about this you're my best fucking friend i do that too like what she thinks about these I want to know, man, and, like, I want to know about the hard-hitting stuff, you know, and that's something else, like, that I think could be brought into this, like, I was going to talk about, like, screen time and stuff and um, virtual learning, but, like, you have to be careful about, like, what kind of topics you bring into conversations with other mom friends, and, you know, that specifically... Because I see parenting stuff and I'm like, I wonder what Sherry would think about this. Because we have children in, you know, that are close in age. Um, we both mm-hmm. have daughters. And it's, that's something else that is going to be, you know, it's parenting related. I wanted to talk about parenting. And if there's any, like, I, I feel like all the parents are using, not all of the parents, but a lot of parents are indulging in um, drugs right now to deal with the pandemic. And I think it's something that, does need to be talked about like the kids got to kind of get out of jail free. the kids aren't well not not really get out of jail free pass but since the parents are home more 
they don't have as much freedom to go out and find the drugs or, you know, get alcohol from friends. A lot of parties aren't happening. Some of them are in Warren County. I'm fucking talking about you. Wear your fucking masks. Yeah, I said it. Wear your mask, man. Like, I get it. You have rights. Okay. I understand. And, like, like, I get where you're coming from. But, like, and, like, I don't know. I just, do you know with me about this pandemic? And I'm going to, I'm just going to go way off trail here. When you think we'll about it, about like every hundred years, a new pandemic comes. Like it's just part of life. Yep. This is what happens. Yep. Back yep. in 1920, 100 years ago, well now 101, but you know, in the 1920s, the Spanish flu came out and wiped out so many people. I mean, I'll give you another one. I'll give you more. Uh, the bubonic plague, uh, smallpox, measles. There are still like their grandparents out there who have the smallpox scar from their vaccine like parent like older parents too i do believe they have a smallpox vaccine scar and it's like they fucking did it well my thing was so like 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 right back in like in the 1920s like specifically like the spanish flu came out they just i believe just finished world war one or world war one was just about to happen in the 1920s they're about to go through one of the biggest recessions, especially in America, like the stock market crash and the Great Depression was in the 1930s, which led up to, I mean, the 19, we all know what happens in the 1930s, 1940s with like the rise of Hitler and uh, the Holocaust and everything, which is just a fucking, it's just tragic, that tragic genocide that happened there. But all this stuff that like people are complaining about, which I get it, like it, it is really hard to stay in your house all day and not be able to do anything, but we have so much at our disposal for entertainment in 2020 2021 100 years ago like what there was not the same shit to do and it was just it was just a different time like i just feel like people need to be grateful that we do have such advanced technology now and about the vaccine like i get it everyone's like oh my god i don't want to take the vaccine it's so new here's my thing okay when a normal vaccine comes out for something there's usually a lot of red tape that it has to go through before it can get released. So yep, the actual FDA. making of the vaccine takes the same amount of time as the COVID vaccine did. But since it was a global pandemic, they had to, they basically jumped the line, cut the red tape to put it out quicker. And of course, like everyone's like, I don't, I don't know the long-term effects. I, I, I don't know the short-term effects. Like nobody does. That's the whole point is that COVID is so new Nobody knows the short and long-term effects of COVID. But, like, yeah, just like the flu shot. Some people are going to take the COVID vaccine and get COVID. Some people are going to take the COVID vaccine and they're going to have really severe side effects. Some people are going to take this COVID vaccine and nothing is going to happen. They're just going to be protected from COVID. That's with every vaccine. And it's just all these people that are saying they're pro-vaxxers and, like, they vaccinate their children and stuff, turning around saying they're not going to take the COVID vaccine. It's like kind of shady okay gonna lay down some facts here before we come back to drug use um which actually this is about drug this is drugs too and this is something that's really you know that's affecting all of us parents uh parents and non-parents alike um and people who are coming of age and have been given you know are going to possibly be given this choice um whether or not to take the vaccine first of all the coronavirus um while is new, this strain is new and novel. The coronavirus itself is um, is actually really closely related to the SARS virus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And they have been working on a vaccine for that for a long time. Mm -hmm. So the base work, the foundation was already there. That made me feel a lot more comfortable because I thought some scientists were just whacking together shit. Not that, I mean, go science. But still, kind of made me a little hesitant. I was one of those people who didn't know if I was going to get the vaccine or not. One, because I'm a stay-at-home parent. I only go out for groceries, social distancing. I wear my mask. Um, You know, I really felt like the vaccine was wasn't my top priority so I did have that kind of I did have the luxury and um to kind of wait however because I do work in healthcare, and I'm considering whenever if if kids go back to school this year um I'm considering going into healthcare, you know full-time as a CNA so but my employer uh, she came to me and she was like, hey, since you work in, you know, direct support care, you're eligible. And while I feel like I would have been given given my own, left my own devices, I would have been comfortable waiting. But because it isn't about me, if this makes them feel more comfortable with me and, you know, taking care of their medically fragile family members Uh, isn't that what we're all supposed to do like think of your fellow man it's not about you that's why we get the flu vaccination that's what herd immunity is a thing yeah i mean if you think about it like the risks are the same to catch covid as they are to, to get the vaccine if you if you ask me i mean I, I'm probably gonna get. I mean, not probably. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm likely gonna get the vaccine. <laughs> I'm saying likely. The only, re- the only reason I would not get the vaccine is, um, if I just honestly, like, I hate leaving my house. Like, <laughs> I just don't like leaving my house. So, like, and I don't, I don't go to the doctors. I don't leave the house. I work from home, like you said. I, I do want to get the vaccine, and since, especially since there's two rounds of it. I was actually on TikTok the other day, and I was watching someone live, and I believe he was a doctor or like a scientist of some sort. He was had like that blue check mark. I forget the name of the guy, but he was was saying that at this rate, we're like the first week that the Corona, uh, the COVID vaccine was out. Only 1 million people got the vaccine. And at this rate, it's going to take 10 years before um, like immunity to COVID will happen because in order for it to be effective in six months to 12 months, they need to be giving out this vaccine at 3 million people per week at that rate. And we're, they only did 1 million the first week. I, I don't want this to continue. For I don't even. <laughs> I, I can't. Okay. I cannot. But. I don't know about you, but I can't either. I don't know about y'all listening, but I cannot either. That's honestly one of the reasons why I want to take the vaccine is just because like, here's the thing. If I catch COVID, I'm, I'm high risk. I have asthma. So like there's a chance I could have really severe side effects. And yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to me if I take the vaccine, but I also don't know what's going to happen to me if I catch COVID. So it's like, if I have a chance of taking this vaccine, it is going to protect me from COVID going forward. Even if I get it, uh, I mean, I have a potential, I have the same risk getting COVID, I have probably more of a risk getting COVID without the vaccine. Than I do with the vaccine, if you ask me. 
I mean, and one of the things about the vaccinations, and I can personally attest to this, in 2000, do you remember in 2018, whenever the flu was killing people, like, indiscriminately, obviously, the flu kills a lot of people each year, but, you know, it was, it was really bad that year, it It was, was, yeah, it was striking down everybody, Um, my children had the flu shot, I did not, all three of us caught it. I, they had the vaccine and they were real, they were good and sick. I mean, they were, they were miserable, tiny little humans for three days tops. I did not get the vaccine. I was miserable for a month. I remember. It took so long. And I think so. With the COVID, like, people were like, oh, well, like, people are asymptomatic. Like, yeah, that, well, one, you're still a carrier regardless. But two, like, yeah, being asymptomatic is all, like, I understand that. But you have to understand, too, like, people are having severe long-term side effects to COVID, like, lung damage and things like that. Like, like, the flu doesn't necessarily, that I know of, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an expert, that I know of, I don't believe that the flu causes long-term side effects the way that COVID does. And then there's still some that we probably are still learning about. I mean, we're still learning about COVID. There's probably still new stuff that's going to pop up with this, with this, uh, yeah. every day, you know? Yeah. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I was going to, I had something really insightful to say. And I just fucking lost it. Any Hazel, um, are you cool to talk about drug use, like from a parenting <laughs> perspective, from like a teenager perspective? Um, yeah, you said like uh, p- talking about peer pressure. Like I, I think that um, I would like your opinion and to know what you were like when you were younger when it came to peer pressure. 100%. I crumbled. I fucking crumbled like a cookie. It was terrible. Um, my parents smoked cigarettes cigarettes were the first thing I got my hands on um and a couple of my friends uh were smokers and they cornered me alone and they were like hey try this cigarette and I'm like no I don't smoke and then they're like no really you should try it it's cool and I'm like no it's not cool secondhand smoke is dangerous they stink and they're like no you should really try it and I'm like okay I'll fucking try it so I tried it and it went horribly and I didn't like it and I coughed and I coughed and I died a little inside and I vowed to myself I'd never smoke again mm-hmm. fast forward I'm hanging out with another friend and she's like hey do you smoke and I'm like no I tried it once whenever I was younger I didn't enjoy it she's like well what did you smoke and I'm like I smoked a marble red I took one puff of, off of a Marlboro Red with my virgin ass lungs. She's like, well, she was like, well, no wonder you got, no wonder you coughed and you, you hacked and you died a little on the inside and swore to never smoke again. Try this menthol. Oh, sweet Jesus, menthols. Hit the sweet spot. Right in the freaking sweet spot. I crumbled again. I crumbled. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to like it, so you're going to have to finish it for me. Oh, I liked it so much. So, like, what is it like? Because, like, I've had a similar experience. The first time I ever tried smoking a cigarette, I was, like, 11 or 12 years old, and it was disgusting, and I've never, ever picked up a cigarette again from there. So what was it like to try cigarettes a second time? Like, did it taste good? Like, did it give you a good feeling? Like, I need to know more now for research purposes. 
menthols, in my opinion, taste best. Um, even now, like as a non-smoker, I vape now. You'll hear me hitting my vape throughout the podcast because um, I, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. But um, it did. It was, and I already, I already had the connotation in my head that, that smoking wasn't necessarily the worst thing you could do because my parents smoked. Um, whenever I hit the menthol, it tasted good. It was minty. I mean, it kind of tasted like hot garbage because it's a cigarette, but the, but the mint covered up a lot of it. And then like, once I hit it, like another, I don't know, like two times the nicotine hit my bloodstream and I just instantly relaxed. Like my head got fuzzy. I, I was almost high. Like I was so buzzed from the nicotine and I'm like, this is good shit. Yeah, that's, so. that's interesting. That's interesting to me. Like, I mean, I, I obviously understand the whole, like, nicotine gets in your system and it's a really hard habit to kick. Like, I understand all of that. But yeah, the yeah. first time I tried smoking cigarettes, I was really, really young and I thought they were gross and I've never, I never touched them again. I was ever really one to submit to peer pressure, though. Uh, oh, um, I have. A hundred times over. And I understand why. I mean, like, I feel like this is a good thing to talk about. Like, we had two completely different upbringings. So um, for those of you who don't know, or if you're new to our podcast, um, I uh, am, was a foster child. I was taken from my mom at a very young age. I was 10 years old, placed into care with my aunt and uncle. I kind of bounced around a lot from the time I was 10 to the time I was like 15. And then I stayed with them from the time I was 15 till my senior year. And I moved out into my neighbor's house and finished my senior year there. But, um, I had a lot to lose in high school. Like I was always terrified to get in trouble. I was always terrified to try drinking, to try smoking, to do this or do nope. that. Because I was afraid if I get caught, like they tell my caseworker, that's it. I'm going to a group home. And even though I wasn't crazy about my living situation um, for many reasons that we'll probably never get into on this podcast. Um, I, I loved my cousins. I loved my friends. I loved school. I loved my job. So, like, it was not worth it to me to risk getting caught drinking or getting caught smoking or getting caught doing this or that because I didn't want to risk having to get put in a group home or into someone else's home and not have to move, move away from my friends and not know what would happen to me. So I never gave in to peer pressure because I always felt like I had too much to lose if I did. Right. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um. I was not so cautious. I, um, I had a stable home life. Um, my parents are married, um, still married. And while my dad was kind of strict into just, you know, like the disciplinarian of the family, uh, I mean, whenever I started experimenting with all this stuff, I thought I couldn't really get in trouble with him. Like whenever I was a kid. As long as I could avoid the law, as long as I could avoid the popo, I'd be okay. And that was not necessarily my train of thought whenever I first got into doing this kind of thing. But, you know, as after I tried smoking, after which my mom busted me, and um, that was a whole other thing. Um, after, like, I was, by the time I started getting into, like, really doing stuff I wasn't supposed to, um, like on a more frequent basis 
I, uh, I, I was already older and I wasn't scared that my parents were just going to kick me out to the curb. They, they, they loved me unconditionally and they would have just bogged me upside the head. I mean, probably would have been the best thing for me if I would have gotten caught, but sadly, which, and that's another thing. I don't think parents are as stupid as I'd like to believe because like I've talked to my mom <laughs> and she knows that like I used to smoke pot senior year. She knows. She was like, yeah, you come home from JC's and then you'd go eat all the leftovers in the fridge. Something was up. And I was like, shh. And here you think you're being so smooth and Mr. Joe Cool coming in the house like, hey, 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 you don't know what I was just up to. <laughs> and then and then I'd go empty the leftovers, fix a pack of ramen. Because by this point, like I said, I'm pretty self-sufficient. I'm a teenager. Um, right. So... Drinking wasn't ever really on the agenda until I got older. Um, my parents were, my parents didn't make alcohol like forbidden. They let me take sips of beer, sips of whatever they were drinking. And, you know, if it was yummy, it was just like, ah, so sorry, kid. Nope. You don't get it till you're older. Um, but if I ever wanted a sip of something, they'd let me. And so alcohol to me wasn't a big deal until I could buy it. And then it became the biggest of deals. Um, I did. I did try alcohol with friends, but like I knew I wasn't all that into it. So I wasn't like a big, big, I wasn't a big drinker whenever I was a kid. It was mostly um, other drugs like um, pot and uh, pot, pot and cigarettes were the two big ones. By by the time I tried other things, I was I was already an established like quote unquote drug user. So yeah, like I feel like, and this is not that I didn't want to talk about this. I just feel like this is why I didn't because I'm so boring, no. and like I don't really have. And like my one story that I do have, I mean, there's more than one, is so traumatic. Speaking of weed, like for those of you who don't know, marijuana is a huge anxiety trigger for me. I think I have PTSD from it. Because just the smell of it sends me into deep panic, like, immediately. Um, I've tried tried weed before. I mean, not in high school, but all my friends were smoking, and they were all like, you should smoke with us. And I was like, oh, my God, no, I can't do this. It was when I was at college, and I was, uh, I smoked with this guy that I became friends with at college. And all of a sudden, like, my whole body went numb. And I told him, like, this is weird. Like, why is my body numb? The last time, the first time I ever tried to smoke weed, nothing happened. Just like most people. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is stupid. And uh, the second time was with him. And he was like, well, no, this is a body high. Like, you're probably used to a head high. And suddenly, my heart started beating so fast. I was so itchy. And I just had an adverse reaction to the marijuana. Like, I was uh, in my building, in my dorm, running through the hallways at two o'clock in the morning screaming for help the ambulance came it took me to the hospital by the time i had calmed down they they told me you know like um you just had what we call a panic attack and it's the first time i've ever had one and i guess i've always been anxiety prone but i've never had like that thing to open the floodgates to let me be like bitch like you need diagnosed you know what i mean yeah so that completely ruined weed for me not immediately uh, because after that, I was I could still be around it. I was fine, but I developed a really bad anxiety disorder after that. I was fucking terrified of everything. I became agoraphobic. I dropped out of school because I didn't want to go to class anymore because I was afraid to be in class and be around people because I was having panic attacks all the time. They put me on all types of different medicine at once. 
that made me a zombie for that entire year. I don't remember like the entire year of 2009. I could have a kid out there somewhere and I wouldn't even know. Um, that's the joke I use. It's probably not a good joke, but I'm just, I don't remember that whole year because of the medicine I was on and I had to slowly wean myself off of it. But um, yeah, like the next time I tried weed was with my friend Kristen and you know, her and her boyfriend at the time, he, they always joked like you can't come to our wedding unless like, you know, or he would joke, not her. You can't come to our wedding unless like you smoke weed with me. And I'm like, I don't know guys. The first time I smoked weed or last time I did it, this happened. And he's like, no, you're just smoking with the wrong people. You're smoking the wrong stuff. Like blah, blah, blah. Oh, I've heard that. Yes. So I did. I smoked with them and the same thing happened. Only it was way worse this time. Way worse than the first time. The first time was dramatic. Went to the emergency room. They asked my friends what the fuck I was on. And they said nothing. Like that I just tried smoking weed. And uh, at least I think they did. I I would like to hope that they were honest about me trying weed. But same thing. I went home. I was really high. I crashed. Woke up the next day. And like that was it for me. After that, after that, I was like, okay, now anytime I smell weed, even if it's on someone's breath or someone's clothes or like, it's just lingering because I have such a strong nose. Like it immediately, immediately sends me into a panic attack. Um, but yeah, like I never really had peer pressure. I mean, that's not true. So I guess I have given it. I mean, I have given it a peer pressure because obviously like that time I yeah. smoked with Kristen and her boyfriend, I gave in, even though I really didn't want to, but I was convinced that maybe I did something wrong the first time. The first time I smoked, it didn't really take much convincing. He was like, do you want to, you want to smoke? And I'm like, I mean, I've never smoked before, but yeah, let's do it. You know, like I was, I was cool to try it. That's and then the I first was. Couple, yeah, like I was good to try it. And like, I'm not going to lie. I'm really jealous of people who can smoke weed. And like, because I, I respect people who smoke weed. Like I have nothing against it. Like, you know, live your life. If that's what I'm good that people smoke weed. I just can't be around it. And it sucks. And I wish I could smoke weed. And to people out there, they're going to tell me to try CBD. I can't. I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to weed. And that's why I'm having these reactions to them, maybe. But either way, like, since I know it comes from the same plant, my anxiety brain will not let me try CBD. So please don't tell me to try CBD. Please don't tell me I need to try smoking weed again. And please don't tell me I need to chill out and to go smoke a blunt. Because if I could chill the fuck out and smoke a blunt, bitch, I would be chilling right now smoking a blunt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, like, that second time was, like, peer pressure. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation because, like, I think about the audience. Like, I try to think about our audience. And I went and looked on the numbers. And most of our our audience is, like, adults in their, um, you know, 20s to 30s. That's our audience. So, like. Like our peers. Yeah. There you go. Um, So, it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, how would we. Uh, he said that like that was the one thing he was too afraid to talk to his mom about was like peer pressure and trying drugs I mean like but what about that like how to recognize peer pressure um because like I said our our peers our our audience are you know I mean if y'all guys haven't tried the drugs then I don't know if it would take much convincing like like you said, like the first time I was ever asked to try drugs, it the first time I was ever asked to try uh, marijuana, I was like, I'm down. Because like it was the fucking, it was the bad cool kid thing to do. Like, I smoke weed. 
and it didn't really do much. And then, you know, my friend and I, uh, we weren't, we kind of grew apart for a couple of years and then she invited me back and, you know, she's like, you want to smoke weed? I'm like, no, the last time we smoked weed, it was awful. And she was like, no, I got the good shit. And I was like, "Mm, okay. And then it it really was the good shit. And then became a, a <laughs> it became a thing for a while in my life. My whole senior year, I was I was pretty baked most of the time. Not it, not during school hours. I wasn't I wasn't that brave. Um, because like I said, I didn't want I didn't want anyone else. I didn't want any of the adults catching on to me and you know calling the law on me. But outside of school hours, no, uh, I, was, <laughs> I was roasty toasty. Well, he didn't really go into specifics about what when it comes to that, that he was afraid to mention. Maybe, honestly, I think it might just be in general just telling his mom that, like, hey, like, he's done this or he's done that or, like, that's kind of what the gist I got of it was, but he didn't really specify. I guess I should have asked him. I, I I would like more information on this because, like, Like, at that point, you know, are you scared that someone, you know, are you scared, was he scared to tell his mom that, like, he had tried it? Was he scared to tell his mom that uh, he was regularly using? Because that's a big thing. That's a big difference. And it's like, um, everyone knows their parents. And... I knew which of my parents would be cool with it if I told them that, like, that I had smoked weed. I didn't because I respected her authority as my mother, but I knew my odds were better if I told her, hey, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get stoned because her parents were potheads. My nana and pa were potheads, and I think that's amazing. My dad, however, my dad, however, you could ask him, but he's never smoked a day in his life. He has never touched marijuana. Um, not that he's against it. It's just he's never tried it. To him, it's illegal. He has no interest in it. And I, I respect the fuck out of that. Now, as a grown-ass adult who he cannot punish, um, I've told him, like, no, I was high my whole senior year. And he was like, I knew something was going on. And I'm like, yes, you did, Dad. <laughs> Mom was the one who caught me sneaking leftovers. I was way sneakier on my dad. And he doesn't have a sense of smell, so he could smell it on me. My mother, however, could smell could smell the reek. Yeah, my <laughs> mother could smell the reek off of me for miles. It makes me wonder but, what kind of shit our kids are going to get into that they're going to try to hide from us. I was just listening to um, "Take It or Leave It." Uh, for those of you who don't know, Take It or Leave It is uh, an advice-ish podcast for parents by Tiffany Jenkins and Meredith Masony. And it's really funny because I was listening to the older, one of their older episodes and they were talking about screen time um, and the effect that it has on what studies were saying that the effect that it's having on our kids. And then we jump into 2020 and everything's, everything's virtual learning. And that's all we're doing is staring at screens. But um one of the mom, one of the moms who called in was talking about her uh, 13 year old son had gotten a computer and little boy was uh, looking at some uh, not so appropriate sites. If you catch oh, my drift. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I can remember forever hoping, I don't know, do I really want to say this? Because, like, now people who know me, I, fuck, fuck it. I, if I'm nothing, I'm, I'm unapologetically honest. Um, this is the second time I've used that word. I used to look at porn on the family computer because I was curious. Like, I'm like, what is this? And then it's like, ooh, that's what this is. Okay. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to sneak my aunt's, like, she, she had, like, a box of uh, books that were, like, in our hallway. And some uh, of them had some erotic shit in there, so I would go read those. And then my uncle had a nudie mag, a Playboy, under the sink in the bathroom. And I would look at that, but, like, you know, like, I'm not a lesbian. No, nothing against lesbians. Like, fucking, I fly the rainbow flag. I'm an ally, you know? Didn't but, anything for you. Yeah, like, where's the dick? <laughs> <laughs> I made the dick. So it's like every time you cracked it open, you're like, maybe there'll be a dick in it this time. Nope, still no dick, but that girl's tits yeah, are really still titties. Still titties. Why do I look like this? How come I can't look like this? I wonder, does she shave? Does she wax? The first exactly. time I discovered my clitoris was the best day of my fucking life. Can we talk about that for a second? The first day I discovered my clitoris, I was home alone. I was grounded, actually. I was grounded a lot whenever I was in high school. Let's not even go there. We're not going to talk about it. Anyway, I was in the bathroom, and I was, like, mm-hmm. peeing. And, like, after, like, I was, like, peeing, and I guess I was, like, pushing too hard, and I felt that, like, jolt of electricity from my clitoris. And I was, like, what Ooh. the fuck was that magic feeling? So then I start <laughs> fussing with it, you know? Yeah. Next thing I know, I have this orgasm, and I'm, like... That fucking felt amazing. And I became obsessed with my clitoris after that. And like, I used to, I'm, I was in that, I was nasty. Okay. I used to fucking have, like, I would go upstairs, I would read those books, or I would just think about, you know, like guys I was into at the time or whatever, things that would turn me on. And I would play with myself. And then I would take like tissues or something and like clean it up and then like throw them on the floor and not throw them away because I'm a gross-ass teenager, right? And the one day I came home from school and my aunt was in my room and she's like, you have these snot rags all over the fucking floor. Clean this shit up. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's not snot. I didn't tell her that. But I was like, I'm sorry, I'll clean it up. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was not snot. <laughs> Come rags. So, like, I, I got into masturbation, like, before I found porn. Um... I don't know. I don't remember the exact circumstances of me finding my clitoris, but I do remember like the early stages of masturbation. Like I would lock the the bathroom door and sprawl out on my bathroom floor. I had a perfectly good bedroom, but I felt the bathroom was more private and like, that's where I'd do the do. And then, you know, I, then like later I found, like I said, I found porn and I was curious and then I was like, Ooh, this makes my lady bits tingle. I know right. what that feeling is. <sighs> yeah, I was like 13 or 14. Yeah, around that I age. I want to say yeah. 14. I want to say and 14. Like, and like, nothing against the mom that was like, that was really, she was obviously really upset with her son for looking up porn. Um, I think I said that way, porn. <laughs> um, I, 
obviously like the kid lied to her about it. And I think that's what would upset me more. Of course, right now I'm only 27. My children are still very young and I don't really have to think about that. I would hope that obviously 13 is too young to be having sex, but it's normal for those feelings to crop up during puberty or after puberty. Right. So I would hope that logic prevails and, you know, she did have the conversation. She did have the, the, you know, they had the really good conversation about like, this isn't real. This is actors. People don't do this. This isn't, you know, this isn't what normal sex looks like. Excuse me. You know, um, this isn't a reliable source of information. It's, it's entertainment. Um, but she did. She flipped her. She from what I from what I kind of gathered from the call, and if you ever listen to the podcast, you'll hear it too. Um, she kind of flipped her snot a little bit, and I hope that it was because he lied about it. Um, but yeah, she she blocked. She took the computer. They grounded him from the computer. They blocked the websites, and then it he, it was given back to him. I do not endorse looking at porn, but uh, I mean, like at that age, and, or in general. I, you're a fucking adult. I don't. I don't care what you do. Flip the bean. You know, like I don't. I don't. I don't fucking care. Like adults can look at. Like you're an adult. But then, like for kids, what? How do we feel about that? I don't know. I don't know. And here's. I was about to say. Um. I honestly feel like I'd have to be in a situation because if Kylie's 13 years old. And I'm looking at her phone browser history and I'm seeing that she's watching porn. I would, I, I don't know what I would feel. Like, I would like to think that I'd be like super mom and be like, hey, we need to have a chat about this. How did you find porn? How did you learn about it? What are you doing with it? Why do you want it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, set the expectation like the other person did in the podcast. But I'm also kind of like, if I tell her not to watch it, is she going to go out and do it? Or is she going to go out and do it regardless? Which probably yes. Like the kids are going to do what they're going to do. But I'm also like. I I think adult stuff like that. Like watching porn. When you're 13 years old is a big deal. Yeah. But at the same time. Like I was looking at fucking nude mags. When I was 14. So like, who the fuck am I to say. And I did it in secret. No one knew. No well, one knew I was doing it. I did it in fucking secret. You here's know? How, here's how I kind of feel about it. Like, you know, you, you looked at the nudie, you looked at the nudie magazines, you know, you read your, your aunt's erotica magazine, uh, your, the, her like erotica novels, her adult romance novels. Um, that was my main source of like, yeah, I did occasionally pursue porn, but like, it wasn't uh, technically porn is porn is porn. I did not actively like video porn wasn't on my to-do list for the day. Um, most of what I was interested in was written porn. And I feel like that is less graphic and I would feel more comfortable. Yes. With giving like my daughter an erotica, like some kind of soft erotica novel. But with my son, you know, um, it's, it's, there's science done on this. Like men are stimulated by sight. 
like, so I guess what I would have to do in that situation, I, I just have to send my husband to get him a nudie magazine. He'd get himself a Playboy and we'd never speak of it again. But I would block the porn sites because I feel like there's too much variety. There's too much going on there. As adults, we have the reasoning skills to deduct that, you know, I don't know. There's, there's so much variety and I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that like, I don't, I would not feel comfortable for my 13 year old girl or a boy looking at like some of the hardcore porn, like BDSM and stuff like that. Like no child. No, they won't understand it. Right. So yeah. So yeah. I think my biggest fear, my biggest fear if my daughter was to watch porn at such a young age, and like me not know about it or me find out about it is that her behavior would change sorry i'm eating cheesecake right now so if you hear me smacking my lips i apologize the cheesecake is fire though in case you guys are wondering (laughs) but i would be concerned about like her her behavior is changing like is she trying to mimic what she sees in porn is she going to start trying to dress different is she going to start acting shady she's going to start trying to sneak out at night is she going to start having a sudden interest in boys and like or girls or whatever she's into and that you know whatever she wants to whatever she wants to be interested right. in right i would be concerned that she would see this stuff and then want to act different because you know like you said like everything is dramatized in porn and like kids are too young to understand that even if you explain it to them they don't really understand what that means you know well so they feel like they watch movies we can say they're acting, but they'll still take a movie. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I was a kid once. I, I yeah. used to watch wrestling and think it was real. Even after people told me it was fake, I would argue with them. You're fake. <laughs> You're fake fucking ass out of here. Wrestling ain't fucking fake. Your face is fucking fake, bitch. You know? Right. Um, you know, my big thing, I would be concerned about, like, would would they be satisfied with flicking the proverbial bean or just yanking the proverbial wank because I refuse to actually think about that in real terms. So it's all proverbial. Um, Like, would they just be satisfied with, you know, that, or would they like want to go out and try to do it themselves? Like, would that make them more interested in becoming sexually active with other people and at such a young age pregnancy can happen at 13 yes if you're if you're fucking if you have a period and you're ovulating you can get pregnant so yep that would be that would be my main concern that's that's kind of my main concern one of my main concerns i wonder Uh, who Kylie would be comfortable to talk to about stuff like this because she's equally close to me and her dad i honestly wonder as she gets older who is she going to want to feel more comfortable to open up about stuff like this with and honestly like I wouldn't be surprised if it was Brandon because even though we both discipline the same like he doesn't yell like I I, I yell I'm a yeller that's what that's the kind of parenting I do I scream it's what I do I'm working on it sue me don't sue me I'm broke but <laughs> yeah like it makes me wonder because like the thing is like me and B have talked about this before briefly back to like the drugs thing real quick what are you going to do if Kylie comes up to you and says she wants to try smoking weed? 
Yeah. Like, are you gonna, like, do you smoke weed with her? Because Brandon smokes, you know? Like, right. are you going to smoke with her? Because wouldn't you rather, if she has an experience, it be with an adult that can, you know, help her, you know, teach her the proper expectations and whatever? Because I didn't have none of that. Look what happened to me. And take care of her if something does go wrong. Because, like, Mm -hmm. even as someone who has smoked, who had smoked previously, like, I've had, I've had bad nights whenever I've smoked and it just didn't fucking agree with me. Thankfully, by that point, I had already smoked. I knew something was wrong and I knew that it would pass, but it still wasn't fun. Right. Almost everyone I know, when I tell them my experience, they're like, oh, yeah, I've had nights like that, but I just kept smoking. I'm like, I'm not even going to, I don't want to go through the bad shit to get to the good shit. <laughs> so, I mean, I know yeah. lots of people have had bad experience, but it just makes me wonder, like, if, if he's like, you know what, no, you're too young, she's going to do it anyway. That's how I feel about most things. Like, if she's going to do it anyway, like, I'd rather her be open and honest with me about it and, like, set boundaries on it. Like, if you're going to do this, this is the boundary. If you're going to do this, this is the boundary. Right. And like- I, would, I just don't know if I would budge on sex. Like, no sex no sex just stop you don't need to be having sex you need to be fucking worried about your fucking studies and getting in the fucking college if you want to do college when you graduate i agree i i I feel the same way because like with drugs and alcohol i was able to set those boundaries for myself um I was like, if we're smoking, I'm not driving. I'm not, you know, if I was drinking, I'm not driving. I'm going to stay where I'm at until I absolutely have to. And if, if, if it requires being in a car, I, I'm not getting behind the wheel. I'm, I'm inebriated. I didn't drive anyways, but that was, you know, I didn't go out a lot whenever I was um, under the influence of anything. Um not until I was, the fr- I think like the first time, I, the first time I was drunk in public was like a few years ago, whenever Nick and I already married, um, had been married, had at least one child. We went to Warped Tour um, on my former emo kids. What's up? Shout out in the comment section, please. Give me some interaction, damn you. Um, and... <laughs> I was, I want to say we just had Matthew and I was old enough to drink. So, and it was like, it was my first concert where I was old enough to drink. Was that the first time? I want to think that was the first time. And then the next time was Memphis in May. Like, so I've only been drunk in public about three times in my life and I'm 27. Um, so obviously very much an adult, very much able to understand the consequences. If I were to get busted, um, I don't drive drunk. I don't drive under the influence. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a kid, obviously like I was able to set those boundaries for myself, but will my kids be able to? And it's like, I don't want to, I really don't want to have to ask myself that. So like, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty much like, uh, like, and I'd be like, like, even if I had a boy, I'd be like this. Like, I know that there's a bigger risk with a with a girl getting pregnant young than with a boy, and just because, like, quite frankly, and not to say, like, no, not all boys are like this. Not all men are like this in general. Obviously, like, I have a baby's 
father. I don't call him baby's dad because I just I feel like that term is used in a derogatory way. And anytime you call someone a baby's dad, you immediately assume they're a deadbeat. So I don't call him oh, yeah. baby dad. I call him Kylie's father because that's what he is. And not oh, all yeah. guys are like that. But my thing is, is even if I have, and like the common conception is like, most people are like, yeah, if I had a daughter, like no sex. But if I had a son, like I would just make sure he uses protection. Like it's unfair because, you know, the w- woman bears the responsibility and they're not, and it's, See, it's it. a decision, you know, and it's not fair. So if I, my thing is, is like, I don't want, if I had a boy, I have a girl. If I were to have a boy, like I wouldn't want either of them to have sex. If they were going to have sex anyway, like I would still educate them on what to expect. Like I would educate them on you need to be safe if you're going to have sex, but I really would wish you would wait until you're a little bit older and focus more on things that are in your lane, bro. You know, but I would be that way with Kylie and a boy. See, I have both, and that's how I feel. Like, please, for the love of God, don't don't either of you have sex. You know, we talk about, you know, teen pregnancy. Guess what? STDs slash STIs mm-hmm. are indiscriminate of gender. Like, mm-hmm. you can get some creepy crawlies on your bits if you're a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, keep that in the think tank. Also, um, if my son were to get some young lady pregnant, he would have to be on some serious drugs if he thought for a hot second that I would not whip his tush. I don't care how old he is and make him take responsibility because yeah. he had a hand in making that child. Like it's- I think what I what I would do, like we should, we should we should have an idea. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this you're going to love this, okay? You and I, we're going to make a tally. And of course like with inflation, both like a factor in inflation. Of how much diapers, formula, clothes, oh, daycare, oh, and all that thing costs. So oh, we should do that. Other people have done it. I've looked at the numbers. Yeah, let's 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 do the tally, and let's show them. Okay, if you can save up this much money over the next four or five years until your kid goes to kindergarten, and you have this much money ready, you can have sex. Yeah, but like child, like kids don't stop. Like kids are not financially independent at kindergarten, though. It's easier, but they're not financially independent. Get rid of the daycare, and I mean, because eventually the daycare and the diapers go away. But then, like diapers turns into underwear, and like formula turns into fucking food. And yeah, I mean, kids are just a constant expense. Like, like this daughter, my daughter, this daughter, my daughter's just emptying (laughs) the fucking bank account. She's. But I, I'm digressing. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I would just, I would, here's my thing. I would hope that my daughter, with given the proper education and the proper expectations and the right tools, would make the right decision. And if I became one of those people that have a child, they got pregnant at 14, 15, 16, whatever age, I, w- I mean, I'd have no choice but to support her. I would be highly disappointed in her. But all we can do is set the expectation. I can't lock her in a cage. I'm not going to get her a chastity belt. I'm not going to watch her like a hawk. I want her to enjoy her childhood. I want her to enjoy her teenage years. I didn't. I want her to enjoy them. I'm not going to helicopter parent her, but I am going to educate her on everything she needs to know to be successful and telling her the risks of getting pregnant, the risks of having sex with STDs and 
what can happen if you get pregnant? I understand you're 15. You were in love. You think you know everything. But realistically, this is the studies. This is the research. This is what can happen. I'm not going to say it will. I'm just saying it can. You have to be prepared for what can happen. And it's not always going to end up the way that you hope it's going to end up. And I can just hope that she makes the best decision for herself based off of the research and information that I can give her. But at the end of the day, these teenagers, these kids are always going to do what they want to do regardless of what we tell them. And I would just have to support her at that point if she ever got pregnant at a young age. As someone who had um, a pretty... I wasn't, I wasn't let loose. I wasn't free reign, but I did have a lot of time. I, I had time to get into stuff that I shouldn't have, which is why I got into stuff that I shouldn't have. Um, not saying a chastity belt, but I hope that both of my children are comfortable enough to come to me and be like, mom, I think I want to have sex. I and think I'll, I'm be ready. Like, yeah. I'll be like, I don't think you are, but we're going to go through this whole spiel. And if you get through this whole educational spiel, I'll get you your first round of birth control. It's on the house. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not having unprotected fucking sex ever. No. Like, and not just, not even in the sense of like, I don't care if he, y'all, y'all are using condoms and you're going to be on birth control. I don't give a fuck. You ain't ever. No, you are never having unprotected sex and you are, to be on, I mean, if you're thinking about having sex, then you're, you're getting on birth control. Now let's talk about what birth control can do to you and the side effects of birth control and how it affects your body and how, um, you know, let's, let's go over the risks and why don't we sit down with the gynecologist? We'll talk to them about how you think you're ready to have sex, which is fine. It's your body. You know, your body, you know what you want to do. That's, we're literally genetically designed to reproduce. I get it. These urges are literally primal. We can't stop them. It's going to happen. Let's talk to your doctor. Let's talk to the doctor, let them know what track we're on, and we'll get you set up on birth control. Once the birth control has been in your system long enough, if you have sex, you have sex, but just be safe. No I mean, love, like, if, no if, love. No glove, no fucking love. Oh my God. Which also, is so funny because when I started having sex at the age of 18, like I feel like I rarely ever used a glove. Uh, I would, I would make a musical. There was one guy that I consistently, actually, they all used a glove until Nick. And then like with Nick, we did it. We did it with a glove the first time. And then I crumbled under peer pressure and he was like, I don't like the glove. And I was like, I don't really care. And he was like, but I like, but I like the I like the sex without the glove. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the glove. I'm not. I just, <sighs> I want to be able to have this unprotected sex without the risk of getting pregnant or the risk of having sexually transmitted diseases. But like, unfortunately, we don't live in a world where that exists. I mean, either, either you do something about it or he does something about it. Oh, I just um, mean like no birth control, it, no nothing. Like I just want to be able no, to have sex and not ever get pregnant. <laughs> no, no, I completely no. I I feel you, but I mean just like like bare bones, like brass tags. It's either you know in a perfect world they both use protection, but you know, mm-hmm. but the reality is, 
it's 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 either you or him or you or her and, and you need to, we need to do better as parents to teach our boys and our men that they are equally responsible yes equally responsible when it comes to birth control that responsibility should not why does everything have to be on the woman like it, Nick, they are equally responsible when it comes to yes. birth control. You don't have a condom, don't fucking whip out your dick, okay? Nick didn't like wearing the condom, but he was the one that pulled it out. He was the one that pulled it out. And also, uh, guys, FYI, um, your wallet is not the best place for your condom. Like long term, um, there's been like there's been studies done. I'm always talking about the studies and the science, but like um, I want to say even or whatever. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, even the man, I think even the manufacturers have come out and said, like, hey, don't do this. Like, I know you want to keep one on you all the time, but, like, if you're going to go on a date or something, then, yeah, slip it in there. But don't keep one in there for months upon months and upon months, just waiting for the magic day. Because, one, they have expiration dates. Two, they're not meant to be kept in wallets and, like, the friction and all that other good fun stuff. Like, it can break down the condom and make it less effective. You just don't want some facts out there. So please stop. Don't keep it in your wallet 24-7. But I did appreciate that Nick did have one in his wallet. He was the one that pulled it out. Because I did while I was on birth control, I wasn't I wasn't carrying condoms. Um, I had only bought condoms one time for uh, one of my sexual partners. Actually, I didn't even buy them. My mom bought them and gave them to me. And she made me go with her. Was it embarrassing? Oh God, it was awful. You know, we I, talk has ended up turning into something fucking. This is my, I think, my second favorite thing that we've recorded. I'm not even gonna lie, and we can do a part <laughs> two on this because there's still so much to talk about. But we're at an hour already, and I'm only cutting it so short, so abruptly because I have to fucking pee, and I can't hold it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So if you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know. We can do a round two for you. But, you know, yeah, I mean, anytime you guys talking about sex and porn, like, you're just going to have to listen to us talk about it forever. <laughs> because you won't, because no one else will give us any other ideas. So what you got? Ah, COVID, um, peer pressure, drugs, porn, sex. That's what we talked about today. <laughs> birth control. Birth control. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I forever and always will love you and thank you guys for listening i hope you guys have a fantastic weekend happy 21 21 20 wow 2021 (laughs) (laughs) everybody uh this is things you're too afraid to ask your mom and